You're listening to the Maximum Advisor Podcast, a show that empowers financial advisors to set goals, take action, and grow their practice. Your host, Chip Munn, is an award-winning advisor and CEO whose advice is regularly featured in Business Insider, Thrive Global, and The Streets Retirement Daily. Listen in as he sits down with industry experts to talk about building a practice and making an impact. Josh Ackerman, how are you? I'm good, Chip. How are you doing? I am doing great, doing great. Now, Josh, you and I met via social media. So you had heard one of the podcasts, asked me a question, I think, on Twitter and mentioned that, yeah, that you were trying to figure some things out. So we decided we would jump on here and kind of chop it up a little bit. So uh, tell me a little bit about you, about your practice and what's going on. Well, let's see. I've been in financial services since 2006. Came into business with my father, who was a life insurance guy with Mass Mutual most of my childhood. And he was with LPL. So I did some time in the insurance world and then came over to LPL with him. And in 2016, we left LPL and started a state registered RIA and been doing that ever since. We do financial planning, investment management, and still do some insurance stuff. Awesome. So you've been doing this for 14, 15 years. Dad was in it before you. Tell me a little bit about kind of today. Where's your practice now? How many households? We don't have to get into all the guts and feathers, but just (laughs) curious in terms of kind of where things stand now. And kind of you had mentioned, I think, in in your message, interested in kind of growing marketing kind of tell me where things are and and what the state of things now in terms of some of the measurables and then also kind of where it is you feel like you want to get to we've been and dad has said this several times so who won't mind me saying it dad was late to figure out the value of the AUM model so dad did a lot of insurance business really up until the last five, seven years. So we've got all told probably 20 million under management. And the renewal money on insurance products is not what it used to be, if there is any. So I'm looking to grow the business purely from a personal income standpoint. And our households, our book of business are some great people but the clients are dramatically barbelled. We've got a couple of clients, five or six clients that are probably 40% of the assets. And then it drops off pretty quick after that. So I'm looking to build the business more around financial life planning. I did some training with Money Quotient. And I feel like that is the piece that is best blocked off from commoditization. Um, if I'm pay, if I'm charging for advice and a process, I'm safer from the robo-advisors than if I'm charging for asset management and beating the market. Plus, I'm pretty sure I'm never going to beat the market. You're a good man for conceding that. Uh, there are a <laughs> lot of people who wouldn't want to. So tell me in terms of, all right, so in terms of assets under management, 
correct me if I'm wrong. You have some insurance only clients. Yep. And some assets under management clients or some who are both. Give me a breakdown. How many insurance only clients do you all have? Oh, boy. That's a piece that we're working on right now is there are insurance policy holders that are under my rep code with Mass Mutual. Dad gave up his insurance license four years ago. And so I got all of his clients, all of his policyholders. And I use that word advisedly, and I'll explain it. There are people that were assigned to dad back in the 80s when dad was an associate general agent as orphans that have never done anything else. So it was a transactional relationship. There are insurance clients that do investments with us and do financial planning with us. And there are some investment clients who also have insurance policy. So it's kind of a mess. It takes a couple columns on an Excel spreadsheet to figure it out, right? And so we're trying to move our folks that were a transactional process. I want them out and keep anybody who wants to be involved with Context Financial and work with us. We'd love to work with them on investment needs or financial planning needs. So we're trying to kind of clear that out. Okay. Then let's go to the other end. Yeah. The investment clients, the 20 million in AUM. How many households is that? 60. All right. And then if you had to guess, the insurance folks who are not the orphaned ones. So who have some measure of, even right now, if it's just a transactional relationship with the firm, how many of those would you guess there are? They don't have AUM, but you know, you know them, they know you, you have a relationship. Yeah, there's probably 50 of those, round number. And so from your standpoint, ultimately, if I heard you right, the goal is to grow personal income, and it sounds like to transition from what in your dad's world was an insurance brokerage originally towards where you're going, which is the holistic planning, we'll call it, not just insurance. So we want to deepen the relationship and kind of move forward there. All right, last question, for now at least. Tell me about your staff. So it's you, your dad, who is maybe less involved, I would assume. And then what other team members, if any, do you have? We have an administrator, organized one in the group, who is in the office two days a week and working remotely the rest of the time with a young daughter. And an advisor in Louisville, Kentucky, 45 minutes away, who has a regular job with a trust company, but has their blessing to do a couple days a week and build his own business. All right. So 110 households, we've got a handful of team members. So we have something really to build from. So as it stands now, in an effort to grow over the last couple of years, what is it that you've 
if anything, that you've been doing? Some work with centers of influence that has not been very successful, kind of natural market, going to lunch with people, kind of being at the right place at the right time, but trying to do that intentionally. So when someone says, hey, you know, we really should talk about the financial stuff, I happen to be sitting there. And we had big ideas for client events this year, bring in existing clients, good clients that we'd like to replicate, the, the classic, bring a friend, try to meet some new people, grow the list of people we know. That got somewhat sideswiped by COVID. Um, I had meetings about how we were going to do that, I think the last week of February. So those plans didn't work. So I started doing some blogging, took the presentation that was going to be my March event and turned the PowerPoint slides into blog posts. And that's actually worked pretty well. Getting a good open rate that's going out to our email list. So it's all clients plus prospective clients. But it's not growing the tent like I would like it to. Makes sense. And so just to give you a little bit of background, I've been in the business for 22 years, so since 98. And my partner, one of my original partners, was my current partner's dad. So I came in as a 22-year-old to a business where, by all accounts, uh, yeah, my senior partner was a stockbroker. And, and so mm-hmm. the the concept of the real lift to us working together was the idea of bringing in planning was that I would do the planning, they would do the investments and, and it just kind of worked and we've, we've built from there. So I, I definitely understand the dynamic. What it sounds to mm-hmm. me like is, so if I were looking to grow, the first thing that I probably would want to make sure, and I'll come back and ask a question. I would want to make sure where I believe the low hanging fruit is, is in that 110 group of people, it sounds to me like for the planning business, you've got 50 or 60 prospects for that that already have a relationship with you. And so figuring out a way for that to be a core component, I think is going to be really important. I think that's where a lot of it should be. And I'm assuming, again, if they're insurance only, they've been around for a good long time. At a minimum, not only are they insurance customers, but they're warm leads for the rest of the business. So let me ask you, when it comes to client service, mm-hmm. if I'm a client, and I guess we'll divide it up, if I'm an AUM client, how often do I hear from you? What's my service schedule look like? You hear from us four times a year by regulation. The state makes me send you a piece of paper in the mail that tells you how much of your money I just took. Okay. For the quarterly fee. So since we pay for the stamp and the envelope to send out that document, we try and put in something to make it slightly more palatable. It's a literal negative experience otherwise. Then we do annual review meetings 
I will tell you, and this is probably a function of the people that dad collected along the way, we have a segment of clients that are almost resistant to coming in and talking about their money. They're low maintenance almost to a ridiculous standpoint. I sent out a letter in the latest billing that essentially said, we haven't talked in a while. The world is changing every day. We probably should talk. And got a phone call from some clients we haven't seen in a while this morning asking to come in and talk. So it's working. And your point about a service schedule is a great point. And it's something I'm kind of working on building up so that I can explain to a client, to a prospective client, and probably most importantly to myself, what am I actually doing for these people and when? Yeah, for sure. And so really, again, for you, if I were looking to grow, here's where I think the potential is by building out some of those things that then you can, and when I say build out, and you mentioned having barbell clients before I forget. Now, in addition to the, you send me four bills a year and we meet once a year, if I'll come in, any phone calls, any other thing, are there any other touches kind of in between? We've been doing the monthly blog since March and we do a 90 day call rotation. So we'll talk to you every 90 days. Okay. And is that for all 110 or is that for the 50 that are AUM? That's the AUM. All right. How about the others? There are a lot of insurance clients that we don't talk to actively. And I agree with you that that's low-hanging fruit. There are people there that we could be talking to more. And so we're just going to kind of build it backwards. So if I'm looking at, if you had to guess, if I'm on your 90-day call rotation, Yep. How long do we talk on the phone? We probably talk 10 minutes. All right. So 10 minutes times 50 people is 500 minutes, which is roughly eight hours. Does that sound about right? Yep. All right. And then we're going to meet once a year, assuming we all come in for how long is our meeting? Meeting's probably an hour. All right. Let's see. If we break that up, we've got, we'll call it 13 a quarter Mm -hmm. at an hour. So from a proactive service standpoint, and when I say service, I'm not counting the blog. That's a touch point. Right. That's if I read it and uh, that's not you and I, that's not relationship. So as it stands right now, and I just, I say this to point out, Again, what I think the opportunity is, as it stands right now, your proactive service commitment from you is you're committed to 21 hours a quarter. Yep. Eight hours of phone calls and 13 hours of meetings per quarter. All right. So average, we'll say average work weeks, 200 times 12. So we've got 2,400 hours of which we're committed 21 hours. So yep. in terms of your proactive service commitment to these 50 clients is 1% of your total working time. Let's say we work 2,000 hours a year. 
mm-hmm. right? 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year. If we work 2,000 hours a year, just over 1% of your time is committed to proactive service. Point being, you got plenty of time now to figure out some other things that we could do to serve the clients that you have, not only to reach into that insurance group, but also to be touching on and kind of loving on that other 50 more to stimulate conversation, referrals, additional deposits. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. So I think that the first thing that you want to do is really work through kind of an updated service model and think about what would a dream come true experience be for your client? Is it what you're doing? And if not, what else would it be? So would it be more meetings? Would it be something more frequent than 90 days? And I think that depending on the kind of client, that's going to vary. But what you can do and what I would do is then take that experience that you want them to have and lay it out to them as to, in in this case, if I were having this conversation now, it is, you know, with all the things that we've had go on over the last year, 2020 has been crazy. And while everybody has been working from home, one of the things that we have been diligently doing is spending our time on how we can better serve you. Mm -hmm. And here's what we've come up with as how we're going to maintain or how we're going to tend to our relationship going forward. So it becomes a, all right, look, we've all had to kind of bunker up, if you will, for six months, but we weren't just hanging out at home, homeschooling our kids. You know what I mean? We've used the time, we've invested this time well to make sure that we're going to be able to do better by you. And so then you roll out first to the 50, mm-hmm. you roll out this new service. And you, know, we, you could tier it. I mean, I would have probably three tiers. Again, in my practice, we have three tiers. So we have an A, B, and a C. Mm-hmm. Or I've heard it gold, silver, platinum. But the first tier gets two reviews a year, four phone calls from me, two phone calls from somebody else in my office, and then two calls from our client service associate. So in a 12-month period of time, they're talking to or seeing somebody 10 times. Mm-hmm. Now, the proactive commitment on our part is, again, similar to yours. If I had an hour meeting, the phone calls are 15 minutes. Total time is about eight hours a client per, you know, and so it's not overwhelming in terms of the numbers but it is steady. And then in addition to that, so, so what I would do first is come up with a new set of tiers. These are the five or six clients that make up 40%, and this is what they're going to get. Because what we know is the more that we can do that, the more likely they are to find value in what we're doing because we're routinely showing it and we're telling them. And then on top of that, we are also positioning ourselves because we're having regular conversations with them to be aware of 
where the potential for referrals would be. Right. So I would first give some thought and kind of stratify what my new service standard was going to look like. And then you can build a communication program around that because you want to tell them about it, kind of hype it up. And, and, you know, this is an enhancement. And then the other thing would be kind of the second thing would be to reach out to those 60 and to design something to say, hey, you know what? We've always done this kind of work together. But if you were a new client today, here's what I would do for you. So, you know, I feel like, and it's important to me to share with you kind of what we would do today as if you were brand new, because frankly, you deserve the best that we have to offer. And if that's not something that they're interested in, that's completely okay. And, and this, the same, we've had the same conversation in changing from old transaction business to fee business, mm -hmm. but it's just an explanation of this is what we do now. And I feel like you deserve the benefit of at least understanding kind of what we've grown into. And that becomes a conversation with 60 warm people who are already writing you checks and already have some familiarity. And I probably would come up with, if I were going to stratify my clients on the investment side, whatever my baseline tier, right? Because everybody deserves a base level of service. If they're going to be your client, right. sure. I would then include those 60 people in whatever that tier is. And I would begin to include them on the base level kind of communications. Then I also would want to have that one-off conversation with them because chances are, if I'm sending you an insurance premium every month, or every quarter or whatever, and I'm getting a statement from you periodically, if you call me on the phone, I'm going to wonder what it is you have to say, particularly if we haven't talked in a while, my interest might be peaked. And so I think that reaching out to those folks saying, this is something new, this is what we've been working on during the period of time, I think then, you know, again, you have a fully built engagement in that group is the cheapest, fastest, easiest way to increase your revenue. Makes perfect sense. Thoughts? No, I think that's excellent. It's pretty bloody obvious once you explain it, but... <laughs> well, here's the thing. There's a process. So, you know, one of the things that I've developed over the years is something that I call the basis method. And it's a five-step. There are lots of little in-betweens, but essentially, basis stands for build, so building out your team and your vision and your culture, it's about kind of the internal part of your practice. Like what in the world are we doing here? What do we have? Mm -hmm. The next is attract. And that's where we start looking at how do we bring in new people? And th there's a lot that goes into that, picking a target market, compelling people to, like you said, kind of grow in the tent, compelling people to call education and motivation. So do your blog posts and, and keeping up. And then the third is systematized. So that's everything of, of how we're running our practice. And so that's part of what you and I were talking through of what are the different tiers? How are we running the systems of our practice? And, and once those are 
as we're getting those going, you know, the key in that is to deliver a good experience, but also to plan for what I call relationship amplifiers. Once you bring in a new client during that first year, how many introductions to other people that they know can you get during the first year? So if we can increase the relationship amplifier from one to one and a half, every time you get a new client, you know that you're going to get, so for every two new clients you get, you know there's a third one coming because we've built out a process that kind of amplifies that relationship. And then you also want to, and this is an area for you, is to work on your service amplifier. So that would be right now, you have some clients that only take one service. Of all the things that you could do, they take insurance. So if you could just move that number to one and a half, there's a value. You know, if for every three clients, one of them would do an extra. So they would add financial planning and investment or in a lot of practices, it's the other way around. If we've got an AUM client, you know, if we had their insurance business as part of their overall plan, sure. but, but you can work through that. And then we get to the, so that was the third one. We get to invest and investing really is in relationships. And that's where for you, I think, and for most people, that's where the low hanging fruit is. What we're talking about is how do we get that service right so that then we can get more referrals from the clients that we have. Normally, if we were having a conversation about a practice with 110 clients and they were all AUM, the first thing we would talk about is really building a a process and how we're going to cultivate, orchestrate referrals from the client base. Mm -hmm. But for you, half of the client base is a prospect. Right. But again, just real simple. And then the fifth in basis is scale. And, and that's where you take what you have and you, you have the guy in Louisville would be then just running your systems over there and, and you can maximize kind of your profit that way. But for you, focusing in that, uh, here are some numbers. So we've talked through kind of what I call your utilization ratio. So right now, your utilization ratio is somewhere in the 1% to 5% range, which means that if we build things out, you certainly have the capacity to grow yep. because you have time to be able to do that. All right. The next thing is we've got 60 people that we only have one service with that we can focus on how do we increase that. But in addition to that, if you were doing the best job you could do, do you feel like you could get one referral from a client every five years? Sure. I mean, if you were doing all you could do, one referral every five years. So that would mean that you would have a 20% yield, if you will, on your relationship portfolio. So right now you have 110 relationships you were doing all you could do and you managed it like it was a portfolio and you wanted to get Mm -hmm. a yield from it. If you could get one referral every five years from each client, which most people, when you say it like that, that seems reasonable. Then that for you would be 22 referrals next year. And so 
going back to our numbers, we've got 20 million for 60 clients, 300, 350 a piece. So, you know, if we were at, let's say 300 a piece, that's six and a half million dollars in new AUM from the 22 referrals. So I think that you've got that old book, Acres of Diamonds. You know, I think that that's where, if I were you, that's where my focus for the next, it'd be nice to grow the tent. But, you know, the surest, in my opinion, and easiest way for you to do it is for you to farm the acres of diamonds that you already have and go in and increase the number of services. And then, you know, have it set up and structured so that you can get referrals from the people that you already have. Because I think, and it's unlikely because, well, some of the people that I guess we could call referrals would be just conversions from the 60. But if all you did was between conversions and referrals, if you open 22 new relationships, your business would go up, uh, assuming everything's at 1%, just for easy Mm -hmm. math, your business would go up 33% next year. A lot of this stuff, for me at least, what I've seen with people is it it seems and it feels really hard because it seems like these big nebulous, I've got to start a YouTube channel and a blog, and now I've got to join every club. When in reality, we can get it down to some relatively simple things that if you design the components and work the operating system, the process, it really has the potential to seem kind of stupid simple in a way. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? How was the information? Does it help? What are your thoughts after hearing all that? Oh, it helps a ton. No, I'm already figuring out where I can get a list of planning clients, a list of investment clients, and a list of insurance clients. Put all those on a spreadsheet and figure out who's got which services. And then I know what to talk about next. There are a lot of ways to go about getting that information. I would encourage you right now, this is a good time to be on the telephone because most people are relatively stable. And it could be something that not all this stuff has to be done by you. This could be done by your assistant. It could be done from home. There are a lot of ways to kind of get there. But what you'll find is in addition to once you start with that basic, what do they have in terms of services? Are they investment only? Are they insurance only? Then there's a whole lot more in terms of finding and asking the right questions or or positioning yourself for referrals that will come from that because all of a sudden you'll start to notice the other patterns that five or 10 of these people, as you get to know some of the insurance only folks better, they worked at the same place or they live in the same neighborhood or they have the same, you know, as you you explore that, you'll find a lot of other things that then would allow you to kind of get in there and ask the right questions to be able to get more introductions. But from what we've talked about, I mean, again, and we're oversimplifying. So let's say that we could do half of what, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things that we talked about, you know, if you could bring in $4 million, three and a half or $4 million instead of six and a half on 20 million, 
that's a 15 or 20% increase, I think, just right off the bat from doing the little things. And, and the key is all that stuff then will allow you to build on top of it for then 2022. It, it's one of those things that the momentum and the activities become ingrained in part of the practice. Mm-hmm. And so everything starts to amplify on top of each other. Yeah. Well, Jack, any other burning questions? No, I appreciate the time. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, I certainly have enjoyed having you. Thank you for jumping on the hot seat with me. And uh, yeah. I look forward to hearing how it goes. You got it. All right, brother. To download what we believe is the single most important marketing, selling, and positioning tool for your practice, go to MaximumAdvisor.com slash scorecard now. Join the conversation in our private Maximum Advisor Facebook group and subscribe to this show anywhere you listen to podcasts or at MaximumAdvisor.com.